When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Here comes the reckoning. That's bull****. Ugh, why is this happening? Get out of my way because I'm coming. All new Big Brother Canada live eviction tonight at 9 on Global. It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Shoots, blocked the front. Rebound of Palat, left circle. Cycles for Tyler Johnson, left circle. Left circle, Palat, open at front. Score! Backhand shot goal! Andre Palat! And it's 1-0 Lightning with five minutes left in the first. All right, that score now 3-1 for the Lightning after two. They're taking on New Jersey. Game one of that series, Taylor Hall has the only goal for the Devils. Obviously his first ever playoff goal. Boston up 3-1 on Toronto. That's early in the third. Marchand, Backus, and Pasternak for the Bruins. Hyman with the goal for the Leafs. Late in the second period, Capitals lead the Blue Jackets 2-1. Coming up later tonight, the Avalanche and the Predators and the Sharks play the Ducks. Later on tonight in the Western Hockey League, Game 4 between Everett and Portland. Everett is up 2-1 in that series. Tri-City finished off Victoria in a sweep last night. Moose Jaw and Swift Current are tied 2-2. Lethbridge is up three games to one on Brandon. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Chad. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Of course, Bob Nicholson, Vice Chair of the Oilers Entertainment Group, had his uh, own State of the Union address today. He did say that Peter Shirelli will stay on as President of Hockey Operations and General Manager. Nicholson was asked how you evaluate Shirelli after these last two years. One really good one, one bad one starts with wins and losses, but it also starts with uh, what you're doing uh, with your scouting group, uh, how you are ha- uh, handling the scouts and how you're handling your development. And uh, in all of that, uh, Peter's done a very good job of ho- how he's organized that. I feel our information that we're getting uh, going into this year's draft and what we're doing on the development side is very good. So it starts with wins and losses, but those other par- uh, pieces are very important because a general manager's job is to make the organization strong longer term. A coach's job is to have that team uh, successful shorter term. Okay, well, so he's going to give Shirelli here at least uh, another another summer and at least a bit of the season to, to work on the longer term project uh i guess we'll see i guess we'll see i know uh from some of you i don't say everybody i think the trust level of shirelli has uh waned quite a bit we'll see what he does over the summer i know when he spoke yesterday uh pretty much made it sound like ryan nugent hopkins is here to stay and that that first round draft pick especially if they draft nine through 12 if they don't win one of the lotteries that that could definitely be dangled in a trade to get some immediate help we shall see 708, you can text 630-630, the phone number is 
1-800-522-0063. He joins us every week here on Inside Sports. Former NHL goaltender now with the NHL on Rogers. It is Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Reading yourself? I'm doing great. Now, is is this the start of your 65 consecutive days away from home? <laughs> yes. In fact, I haven't counted the days on my calendar, but I, I'm led to believe that if Game seven in the fourth round happened, then I think I was told that's June 16th. So I left home on April 10th. So I guess you do the math and figure out how many days I could potentially be away. But but you know what? It's it's the best time of year. Everybody talks about it. It's not a cliche to us. We, we love it. You know, I think even in, here in the studio, we find a different sort of... Uh, 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 enthusiasm. There's an excitement every day. You wake up, you look at the schedule, and you go, "Oh boy, this game is important for this reason and for this other reason." I want to see what this person can do under this sort of duress, and all those sorts of different things. So it really preoccupies your entire day. Well, and I don't know if the Toronto Chamber of Commerce or the Business Bureau or whatever they call it there tracks spending at restaurants where if they figured out why it goes up from mid-April till the second week of June when you're in town. (laughs) (laughs) It really is crazy. And you know, the other thing I learned as a Western Canadian, uh, when the Blue Jays got really good a few years ago, of course, I know they won the World Series and all that, but I wasn't around. I was still living in L.A. But when you come here, man alive is city ever embraced the Blue Jays and we of course now all the Western Canadians uh, uh, that's our baseball team everybody it seems everywhere you go in Western Canada they have a Blue Jays hat so that's an exciting time for the city and especially in the game of hockey with this really exciting team and I know they've got a huge opponent uh, in Boston and a really difficult one but I just think that this team has grown so much in the last uh, two years that this is going to be a fantastic series you know Kelly you're going to like this, first of all. I had Kelly Moore from our sister station, CGOB in Winnipeg, on the show. And like every other media person in the country, we do predictions. And we did them preseason on Stoffer's show, and then we did playoff ones. Yep. And I actually picked uh, Minnesota back in October to win the Western Conference. So I said, I, I don't want this year. I'm not going to be one of those guys that changes my picks and has two different picks. I'm going to have one pick. Minnesota made the playoffs. I'm going to stick with them to win the West. So therefore, I have to pick them to win uh, over Winnipeg. And Kelly had a great line. He goes, "Well, Reed, I admire your character more than I admire your intelligence." So, <laughs> so fair, fair enough oh my because gosh, that's funny. <laughs> fair enough because clearly Winnipeg should be favored and uh, you know they dictated a lot of that game last night but I also looked at that and I thought you know Dubnik's a great goalie in Minnesota has some veteran guys they still have a lot of finishers and they're clearly the type of team that that won't go away I'm really looking forward to, to that series I still think it's going to be a long one yeah you know I do favor uh, Winnipeg uh, quite heavily too but you know you never, just never know in these playoffs. I totally agree with your assessment, Duke Nick. He could completely win a series, uh, steal a series, and even without uh, Ryan Suter. I always go back to that Game 7 I played with the Islanders versus Washington, the Easter Epic. And most people have forgotten, because it's in 1987, that uh, the players that we were missing in that game were uh, Dennis Potvin, Mike Bossy, and Brent Sutter. Plus, Brian Trotcher was playing with a separated left shoulder. And we still won that game. So whenever people say something about the injuries and you can't overcome that, 
I say you can. Now, I don't know if you can do it for a series or an entire playoff run because those were significant players uh, on our team. But uh, I do think that uh, you sometimes overvalue the loss of people, and these guys are all unbelievably proud, and they're, they're going to get their best efforts out. Now, Winnipeg managed to win a really emotional game yesterday, but uh, the one thing I kind of wonder about, like every team starts to hit more in the playoffs, but I wonder if Winnipeg, uh, excuse me, Minnesota is trying to do too much of that, and that's not really their style, um, but we'll see if that continues throughout the course of the playoffs and or if that might sort of uh, diminish during the course of the, the round and then they'll play more of their style. You know, Kelly, I was talking with a couple guys in the sports department this afternoon and, and obviously Shifley scored, Liney got a goal. Uh, and I mean, I looked at the Oilers roster and probably a lot of rosters. I, I think you put Liney and Shifley on a lot of teams, not ahead of Ovechkin and guys like that, but th- to me, they would be the two best shooters if you added them to a lot of rosters in the NHL. Like, th- there's, there's such threats to, to I mean, you got to score in tight, obviously, but there's such threats to score from, you know, outside of that box area inside the hash marks. They can really wire it from the, the top of the circles, too. Absolutely. And, you know, the great goal scorers do it differently, and they can even change things up in their own sort of habits. And uh, I think it was about two, three weeks ago uh, during our pregame show on uh, Saturday night, we showed how Line once in a while will twist his right hand, his top hand, excuse me, his left hand on, on the top of the butt of the stick and change the angle of the the blade in comparison to where the puck is on his uh, stick. And it's just fascinating how these guys do little things every once in a while. Sometimes you pull it in closer to your feet. Sometimes if you're pretty strong, you can keep your your hands closer together, but the stick further out. So the real great unique scorers have all cool goaltender's eyes and line a shifley are two of the great guys that way look at shifley's goal last night he had a similar attempt earlier in the game on power play and he shot low short side and then he changed it up next time uh far side and about 18 inches off the ice so recognize that dubnik made a great save the first time he's got to do something differently Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports, former NHL goaltender, now an analyst with the NHL on Rogers. You know, it was, you know, talking to some uh, guys in other markets uh, getting ready for the playoffs on Tuesday on my show. And, you know, I had somebody on from Tampa Bay. Well, obviously, they're their favorite. Like I said, I had Kelly on from Winnipeg. But, they, you know, they both kind of mentioned, you know, they, they those teams should be fine. But you gotta wonder, you you worry if something goes against them early in a series, right? Or puts doubt in your mind, and that's the crazy thing about the playoffs is the momentum can swing sometimes dramatically on what during the regular season might be a relatively innocent play or or you know a goal against where you're not happy about it, but you'd shake it off, and it's harder to do in the playoffs. And I know one thing, Kelly, a lot of ex players have told me or guys when they look back on series, they'll say, well, you know, I was in that game and they scored to tie it but it felt like we were behind you know what i mean like i don't know if you've ever had yes. that that feeling yeah oh my god oh all the time yeah and uh, and also you're supposed to be strong enough mentally to not really uh hear the crowd or have the crowd influence you but on occasion it does sometimes uh the crowd noise is so overwhelming and you feel the excitement of the building and oftentimes 
that can help. But sometimes it really hurts you because it, it's not paralyzed, and that's maybe not the right word, but it, it, it doesn't free you up to play as relaxed as you'd like. And, and every situation seems unique. I'm going to go back to uh, last night's game. Uh, in the first period, I'm going to say about eight minutes in, maybe ten minutes in, and with the whiteout and the noise and the excitement in the city and the excitement in the building, and Truba was so hyped up or nervous or what have you, I don't know exactly what he was going through, but he had a shot from the right corner in his own zone, and if not for Hellebuck being alert, that was that was in. Hellebuck had to make the save off Truba, and you're thinking, oh my, if Hellebuck's not that alert, it's one nothing for Minnesota. They haven't really done much in this game. They've been badly out hit, and you wonder how the team would have reacted. Now, it never happened, and they're able to escape with a uh, victory, but all these little things happen, and you're so right when you talk to these guys, and they say it's one play usually that everybody remembers, and that turned it whether it was for you or against you. Well, it's going to be fun. I, I mean, just the opening three games last night, uh, all all big storylines coming out of those. Kelly, it's always great to have you on the show. I know, uh, I know, we we joke about your your love for restaurants and, and going out to eat, but I'm glad you mentioned the Easter Epic four overtime game. You're still refueling from that, so that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> well, not in these playoffs. I don't have time, but typically I will get back to that uh, mode for sure. Kelly, great to have you on the show. We'll talk again next week. You got it. Thanks, Reed. All right, that's Kelly Rudy checking in, former NHL goaltender, now with the NHL on Rogers, weekly guest here on Inside Sports. Still 3-1, Boston leading Toronto. They're into the third period. We'll keep you updated on that one. Want to remind you, some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down south comfort food to Edmonton with southern classics and other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at northchickenyeg.com. 124th Street, 107th Avenue. You can text 63630, check up on a couple of those when we get back. Our open line is 780-496-0063. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight, 722. Got a text here from Noel. He says, Reed, nowhere in Nicholson's address did he say Shirelli gets this summer and part of next season. Noel goes on to say, those young men are your words. Well, Noel ain't young, but I'm flattered. Uh, well, I mean, to be blunt, I never said Shirelli said that. Here's what he said. I'm here today to tell you that uh, the president and general manager of the Edmonton Oilers, Peter Shirelli, will be the uh, general manager next year. All right, next year. So he's saying he's keeping them for next season. He didn't say all of next season. He was asked what would happen if the uh, team makes the misses the playoffs again. Nicholson just said the plan is to make the playoffs. Noel, I was speculating that if the Oilers had a disastrous start to the season, that there could very well be some changes. I don't think that that's wild speculation. But apparently you disagree. That's fine. JR says, uh, Reed, I would have Line over Ovechkin any day. Well, certainly at this point in their careers. I mean, Line has got his career in front of him. Ovechkin's near the end. Line is a pretty incredible talent, no doubt about it. 780-496-0063. Fred is on the line. Hey, Fred. Hey, Reed. How are you? Yeah, good. I got a little good news story for you. I got a friend in the Bay Area, uh, San Jose. They raised $500,000 uh, for Humboldt. Oh, really? Okay. 
and uh, I guess there's a lot of hockey sticks on the front porch, and uh, they're doing a big thing before the playoff game. I guess it'll be game three in San Jose. So and she was the season ticket holder for the Sharks for 12 years. So uh, it's affecting North America big time, and it's great to see. But uh, get uh, the press conference yesterday, I wasn't very inspired by it, i got to be honest. It seemed like Peter was very, very nervous yesterday. And I don't know, what's the, why didn't they have that plan this year? Why are they waiting until next year? That's what I don't get. Well, he had a plan for this year. It didn't work. It didn't work, no. I mean, like, I, I think I, I think Fred, I, I know people get frustrated when their favorite team loses, but guys don't get picked to be an NHL or general manager or coach without some sort of proven experience and, and intelligence. Now, well, once course. they reach that level or are in a certain situation, it may not work. But let's not think that Todd McClellan didn't fret over strategy and line combinations and motivation every day. And let's not think that Peter Shirelli woke up at game 81 and was like, oh, I guess I should have put some thought into this season. I mean, no, of course. And I mean, the stuff about planning, like I said off the top of the show, of course they're going to evaluate. I mean, that's not even newsworthy that. Nicholson said that the team that wins the Stanley Cup is going to evaluate and plan. I mean that that is that is standard. The significant announcement today was that he's not, that Shirelli's not getting fired in the near future. That was the significance of today. Which makes sense because you gotta. There's just too much turnover here, and they gotta be stable for a few years. But if they don't make the playoffs, they start like you know with a bad record right off the hop, then. Uh, think days well, could be the, numbered, then I right? think anything's I hope play. that doesn't happen, of course. That's what the tough part is here, Reed. You go 10 years without the playoffs, you make it for a year, and then you miss them, like, so 11 out of 12 years. It's tough on a fan. Well, it is, and, it, and Fred, it, it's the, it, it was really interesting hosting the show this week and into tonight because... The the I get it. It's it's both different sides. I mean, I know Shirelli's not overly popular, popular, and I and I get that. But I also have a lot of people saying, well, you know, you got to stick with him, give him one more year. You bring up Milan Lucic, and I'll get fifty texts saying he sucks, and fifty texts saying <laughs> to calm down and that he's going to get back. And and that's the thing. I mean, Oilers fans went through ten years where the team actually never got better. Like they stayed bad almost every year. And then they were really good, and now they went back. So I think that's why we're getting both sides of it is because a lot of fans I, – I, I, here's the thing. Most fans have made their decision on how they feel or they know how they feel, but there's much less of a consensus because we're not that far removed from a good season, even though it was only one. Exactly. But you know what? Uh, they're going to have cap issues, so it's going to be tough. Like, where are we going to get these players? We do need a few players, obviously, so you're going to have to give up something to get something, right? But who do you give up? That's the problem here. Well, I hope he doesn't give up Nuge. He indicated no, he that he wouldn't. Not. I think he'll trade the pick. Like, he pretty much said that. He'll trade the first-round pick, especially if it's 9 through 12. Maybe right. he'd even trade it in the top three if he can get someone real good. Who knows? What well, happens if we fluke it off and get first overall? Well, then they'll take Rasmus <laughs> Dallin. Then they'll take Rasmus Dallin. Well, you know what? Uh, I guess that's up. That's why they make the big bucks to make the right decisions. And I guess as a fan, you hope they make that right decision, right? Well, yeah. I'm going with the Sharks all the way, by the way. I'm, they're going right, right to the cup. I'm glad you made a pick, Fred. Call take in care. if you're right, okay? Talk to you soon. Bye. Uh, Boston. Now I got. I know a couple people have texted on it. I only half watched the game. I didn't see it. I think Kadri got a major penalty, 
And I know a couple of people saying they hope he gets suspended. It's now 5-1 Boston in the third. We're coming back after the news. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. goes off the stick of McDonough. Votnin races, keeps it alive for a moment, but Palat gives it away. Hall scores! A giveaway by Andre Palat, and Taylor Hall has brought the Devils within 3-1. to one. It's now 4-2, the Lightning leading the Devils. We wanted to play that for you. Matt Laughlin with the call. Taylor Hall's first playoff goal, but the Lightning lead at 4-2 with 7.5 left in the third. Bruins up 5-1 on the Maple Leafs with 5.5 minutes left. Nazem Kadri 5 minutes for charging and a game misconduct. It was against Tommy Wingles, and it was one of those on a defenseless player. Wingles was down on the ice. Kadri, I've, I've only seen one replay of it. Kadri came in from behind with Wingles down. Uh, it, I mean, it was definitely a penalty and definitely a charge. If anything, Kadri not that I'm defending this by any means. He probably could have even hit him harder, but it, it but it was a dirty play for sure. Wouldn't be surprised if there's more discipline out of that. Blue Jackets and Capitals 2-2 early in the third. My buddy Thomas Vanek has scored for the Blue Jackets to die that game. Coming up later, Avalanche and Predators, and the Sharks will take on the Ducks. Get more on the Oilers. Uh, well, not just what Nicholson said today, but Shirelli yesterday, McClellan on Monday. Shirelli will stay on as general manager. You can go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Well, I'm pleased to welcome our next guest to the show. Pat Steinberg from the Flames Radio Network was going to join us on Tuesday. And then we got a, an interview with uh, Chad Linz, the guy who started Sticks Out for Humboldt. So Pat graciously stepped aside. Uh, we were going to have Pat on the show last night. Something urgent came up at his work, and he couldn't come on the show. So nothing can possibly keep him from coming on the show tonight as we... <laughs> Kellen, I just accidentally hung up on Pat. <laughs> can you get... Can you get it back on the line? Whoops. Yeah, one sec. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, we'll get uh, we'll get Pat uh, back on the line, and we will get him on from the uh, Flames Radio Network. World Hockey Championships for Canada. 18 players announced to the roster today. They include Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Connor McDavid, and Darnell Nurse, as now we finally have Pat Steinberg on the show. Hi, Pat. Hey, Reed, i got to get going here. Thanks, <laughs> thanks so much for the time. Have <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Somebody, how are you? The, the one-minute interview. I, I'd love to do that. Like, hey, I got a quick interview with somebody. How are you doing? Good. Oh, there it was. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening, buddy? How, uh, how are you doing? I'm uh, sort of watching uh, Leafs and, and uh, Bruins. Oh, the Bruin guy just got hit by a puck. Was that Pasternak that went down? His own player shot the puck and hit him in the face. Did you see the Codger hit on, on Wingles, or are you? Uh, I know a lot of times you work out in the evening. Are you watching the game? No, I, uh, I've actually been more. I've been flipping between Tampa and Jersey and Washington and Columbus. So I did not. I heard that Codger ran somebody, but I haven't seen it yet. So I, I, I can't. Uh, I can't give you an opinion because I've not been watching much of that game. I've been uh, more on the other two games underway right now. Yeah. Uh, what was? Pretty, it sounds like. Uh, sounds like a pretty justified five-minute major. Well, and look, I'm not, and again, I've seen it once. Like, it wasn't one of those where he smashed the guy into the fifth row, but it was directly from behind. He sort of turned at the last minute, but, I mean, Wingles is down on the ice, and he can't see Kadri coming, and, and you know, 
you, you know, certain players have certain reputations, right? So I'm sure he, he knew what he was doing, and the game's now totally out of hand, 5-1 for Boston late. So there you go. So they've scored twice on that major. Okay, well, that's uh, that's kind of uh, turned things there. And uh, and in watching this Devils-Lightning game, I uh, I got to be honest with you. It's, it's going to be tough for New Jersey to keep up with Tampa just because there's not a lot of scoring depth. But boy, oh boy, does Taylor Hall look good. He assisted on the second goal, too, a power play goal where he uh, looked off the defender, a little pump fank on the power play, and uh, fed a perfect redirect shot on the Travis Ajax stick. So Hall's got a goal and an assist in his uh, playoff debut, but uh, Lightning scored shortly thereafter, so it's 4-2 late in the third for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, there was concern about how the Lightning and Vasilevsky finished the season, and that's fair, but I, but I still just think they're deeper than New Jersey and Hall has done so much for them and he's he's been incredible but I mean you just said it he's in on both goals like what happens when he's not on the ice right well and that's just it that's why for me the two guys that they're almost in a league of their own when it comes to the hard trophy this year are Hall and McKinnon because Mm -hmm. in both cases what where are their teams if they if they don't have the seasons they have like I I know that David had a great year and and he deserves consideration and Kucherov and Malkin and Rene and all the uh, Giroux, like all the names that you throw out there. But it's it comes down to for me when you take that player away, how much does that how much does that team falter? And that's why that's why you know, and even down here in Calgary, I've I've made this case. And you probably need to have McDavid in that conversation just because you know, with the points that he finishes up with, where are the Oilers without number ninety-seven? But for me, because they're playoff teams. Uh, Nathan McKinnon and Taylor Hall have got to be the two leading candidates for the Hart Trophy because they literally took their teams on their backs and and got them to the postseason. And I don't know how many people really think they're going to do much once the postseason's underway. The Avalanche will be going here pretty quickly, or they probably are underway uh, already. And uh, we know the Devils and the Lightning are underway right now. But, um, you know, the, the... the the job that they did in the regular season and in dragging their teams to the postseason, that that was pretty darn impressive to me. Pat Steinberg joining us at Inside Sports covers the Calgary Flames for Sportsnet 960. Okay, uh, Alberta. I don't know the the disappointment zone. We've had the pillow fight of Alberta. Now I guess we got the the disappointment of Alberta. Is how you summarize this season. Uh, I, I thought both teams would be in the playoffs. Uh, they weren't. Calgary stayed in the race a lot longer, but, I mean, a crippling losing streak, obviously, uh, throttled them out of it late in the season. So you've you, we've been going through all our year-end interviews here in Edmonton, Pat. What's, uh, give me a couple uh, key messages from Gullitson and Trey Living here as, as they've wrapped things up. Well, I mean, the, the, the number one thing from, from everybody here is that not good enough. I mean, the expectations coming into the season were much like they were in Edmonton, were high. Now, the Flames the Flames didn't have as impressive a run in the postseason last year as the Oilers did. As, you know, the Oilers were legitimately uh, a game away from playing at the Western Conference Final, and the Flames were, well, they didn't win a game. So, you know, the, the, the run in the playoffs was certainly more significant for Edmonton, and I think that with, with what Connor McDavid did in his sophomore year and winning the Art Ross and winning the Hart, he was hands-down best player in the NHL in 2016-17, you know, I think the expectations were maybe even a little higher in Edmonton, but they were high down here, especially after they went out 
and they, they got a goaltender in Mike Smith, and Smith got off to the start he got off to, and they brought in Travis Hamanick to solidify their back end, and there was all this talk about the Flames. Do they have the best defense in the NHL? Are they in the same league as Nashville and Anaheim? Like, Are we talking about uh, a new power, uh, a power shift in terms of blue lines in the NHL? Well, none of that came to fruition, and I think I think when it comes down to it, the, the biggest message that I got from specifically the general manager down here, but even uh, to, to a lesser extent, head coach Glenn Gullison, is from a structural standpoint, from a core standpoint, from a hockey standpoint, they don't mind their team. They like some of the pieces that are in place. They, they like their core. They like some of the supporting cast members. They like some of the contracts that they have. But the biggest problem or the biggest issue that they face is trying to get the right makeup when it comes to that off ice stuff. And I know that, you know, there's this there's this headbutting going on right now between the traditional hockey folk and the, the new school analytics and underlying number hockey uh, hockey community and I, I try and put myself right in the middle because I'm a you know, big time supporter of analytics but I also don't discount some of the stuff that, you know, the analytics some of the analytics people will say, well that that means nothing and, and you know, this this team had a propensity this season to completely buckle when especially at the most important time of the year to to buckle when things went wrong and there were multiple games in february and march where the flames were playing well they were out shooting their opponent out possessing their opponent they they were clearly the better team on the ice and a bad goal would go in or uh, a goal would pinball off of three players and go in or something like that or a goal would get waved off and then they'd crumple. And, and next thing you know, the other team would score two goals in five minutes because the Flames completely got away from, from the way they needed to play. And that, to me, is one of the biggest reasons why they ended up missing the playoffs. And I think that that is a worrying trend that the the, the group, is the management group, is going to try and address this offseason. How do you get the right mental mix? How do you get the right personality mix? on this team and that that's one of the hardest things to do because you don't have those you don't have empirical data you don't have video you don't it's 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 going way more on feel and and way more on on what you're being told by players in that locker room and the coaching staff so that's that's one of the biggest takeaways and number two i can't remember a general manager in a year-end news conference and this is brad Living on monday who talked about a skill deficiency. He said, I think we have a skill deficiency when it comes to finishing off chances because the Flames finished as one of the top uh, shot attempt teams in the NHL. They generated scoring opportunities at a fairly high rate. They were a top five, top ten team in both of those categories, and yet they could not score, and especially down the stretch when the games meant the most, they could not finish off opportunities. And when you hear the term skill deficiency coming out of a a general manager's mouth that gives you a pretty good idea as to what he's going to target in the offseason. Easier said than done, but I think I think this team is going to heavily go after uh, a top six forward or two, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. I think that they are willing to trade some pretty big name players to get to what they want. Okay, I got to jump in there. Up. I got to jump yeah. in. Kevin yeah. from Stony Plain, uh, a long text. I won't read the whole thing, but he goes, Is now the time for the Flames to trade Johnny Gaudreau? Uh, put them back on. I'll just summarize. Put them back on the Eastern Seaboard. They don't have a pick until the fourth round. Is that is that true? There's nothing in the t- first three rounds. 
No, they uh, they traded away their second round pick for Mike Smith. Uh, their first round pick and their third round pick went in the hammock. The third rounder is gone too. Yeah. Uh, could the Flames score big in uh, retooling at the draft? Uh, trade Goudreau to the Islanders uh, for first and second round picks plus Josh Bailey and Michael Dalcole. Is that too much or not enough? Please let me know what you think. That's Kevin from Stony Plain. I don't like, think they're not going to trade Johnny Goudreau. I don't think now is the time to trade. In fact, I would say down here there's a feeling that there's two players that are untouchable. Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk. Okay. Anybody else on this team right now is probably... I don't want to say up for grabs. I don't want to say on the block, but I don't think the Flames would hang up the phone if a good deal came along. Want to hit? Yeah, especially especially if the Flames can look. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think the Flames are going to get John Tavares, but I do know, and I can tell you with knowledge of the situation, I do know the Flames are going to push hard for John Tavares okay. if he gets to free agency. But so are 27, 28 other teams. So I'm not. I'm not super confident the Flames are going to get him. So that's, that would be if, if the unlikely were to happen and, and that came to fruition, but I'm not really counting on that. But you know, the, the area that I think is the most interesting in terms of a trade for the Flames is on that back end because I don't think any of those players are untouchable at this point. I don't think you can move Giordano because of his contract. But I could see Dougie Hamilton moving this summer. I could see Travis Hamanick moving this summer, even though he's only got one year with the team. I could see T.J. Brody moving this summer because they have got players in the American League who I think at least one of them are ready to be full-time defensemen in the NHL right now. And they've got a player right now who is playing in the Western Hockey League and Yusuf Valamaki that a lot of people think you know might be able to make that Charlie McAvoy, Brandon Carlo, Aaron Ekblad... Um, you know, that the young Ole Matta be that young right. 19, 20-year-old defenseman to play in the NHL. So I think they – Michael Stone's another guy I could see them moving. I think you watch the blue line for the Flames. That's where I think they make a significant move this summer. All right, quickly, uh, coach and GM back? GM, yes. Not sure on the coach. And what's really ominous about that is when they fired Bob Hartley two years ago, um, it was a year-end news conference, and the question was asked, what's the status of the coach or whatever, paraphrase the question. And Brad Drew Living said, we've got a good coach, but we're evaluating everything. And that was, you know, early April. And about a month later, Bob Hartley was fired in early May. That was exactly what was said here. Brad Drew Living said, we've got a good coach, but everything's under evaluation. Oh, that's my what they're gut, saying here. Yeah. And my, my gut says, my gut says they do make a coaching change. Um, I, I would imagine that it, uh, it, it encompasses you know, head coach and assistants. That is my guess. But I, I don't think they should. I think that you know, there's some pretty good reasons to keep this head coach and to keep this coaching staff. Um, but I think they are going to make a coaching change, yeah. And I think that it might be right around the same timeline, sometime in that you know, late April, early May window is when we find out that that's the decision they end up making. But I, I don't know for sure. I don't think they should, but I think they will. Pat, it's always great to have you on the show, buddy. I hope we can do this again soon. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you can come on my show and it doesn't take five days to, uh, <laughs> to hook it up. Whenever you need, buddy. Take care. Bye, Raider. Pat Steinberg, Flames Radio Network. Coaching speculation down the highway as well.
Inside Sports on Chet. Final look at the scoreboard when we get back. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Lightning have beaten the Devils 5-2. Kucherov with the icing on the cake late in the third. Bruins knock off the Maple Leafs 5-1. We'll see what happens with Nazem Kadri. Possible discipline for a charging major. Capitals lead the Blue Jackets 3-2. Ten minutes left. Devontae Smith-Pelly with the go-ahead goal for the Capitals. Avs and Preds are underway about six minutes in. No score. Stars and Ducks will face off at 8-30. Peter Shirelli staying on as the Oilers general manager. According to Bob Nicholson, he was asked, what's exciting about Shirelli's plan? I really believe that uh, uh, Peter really thinks through everything that he does. I really believe that he understands where our gaps were this year. And making those changes aren't easy, as you all know in this room. Uh, So we have to make sure that we have a number of different uh, situations to move forward. And Peter Shirelli's got a very good relationship with other general managers in in this league to make those um, trades or exchanges uh, easier than someone that uh, doesn't have those great relationships. And Nicholson on Todd McClellan. Todd McClellan's... uh, Pass speaks for itself. He was up for coach of the year. Uh, Todd is a person that uh, really uses all his, his assets, uses his assistant coaches, and in the competitive environment that we're in in the National Hockey League, I think you have to make sure that you use all those resources. We're going to certainly evaluate those, have those discussions on uh, all the resources that are there, and uh, how do you put all that together to go forward in a positive manner. All right, the full Bob Nicholson news conference and a story on 630Ched.com. Feel free to check that out. Western Hockey League tonight. Everett is at Portland, up 2-1 in the series. That's the only game tonight. Nuge, McDavid, and Nurse will play for Canada at the Worlds. Matt Cordy, U of A offensive lineman who we had on the show last week, ranked sixth going into the CFL draft next month. He's a really good prospect. The Eskimos pick sixth. Could that happen. Uh, Drew Doughty, one game suspension for that hit on William Carrier last night. Uh, Interesting note here from the CFL, Kent Austin now uh, moved to the role of consultant with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He had been the vice president of football. I was talking to Dave Campbell about this a few years ago. Austin was the VP of football, the head coach, and the GM. Now he's a consultant. Eric Tillman, the GM. June Jones, now the head coach. All right. Bill Peters, who will coach Canada at the World Hockey Championships, will be on the show tomorrow. Besides hearing clips from Bob Nicholson tonight, we had Bram Steven from the Spruce Grove Saints on the show, Les Lazarick from the Saskatoon Blades broadcast booth, Kelly Rudy and Pat Steinberg joined us as well. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. Thanks, as always, to everybody who texted and called. Always love to hear from you. Talk to you at 6 o'clock tomorrow. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.